get one, get one hand in Isaiah chapter 34 and then take your other hand and, and put it at Acts 17. Isaiah chapter 34. And then with the other hand, uh, grab Acts chapter 17. Well, it's that time of year, guys. It's rolling. Man, it seemed like this last year just flew by. And it just flew by so fast. And here we are. It's a new year again. And I, I want to preach a preach a message about this new year and some things we can do in this new year to make the next year that much better. Uh, it's going to be about to be 2020. And of course, 2020 speaks to vision. It speaks to having, a, 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 having our eyes on Jesus Christ. But look at Isaiah chapter 34 if you found it. Isaiah chapter 34. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. I just want to stop right there. <laughs> Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. I, I want to encourage you through this sermon. I want to encourage you that with, the most, with as much passion as I can that you need to start trying to read your Bible daily and you need to start... At, for a great time to start at the beginning of the year. Start out with a plan, and I want to go through this and give you some examples of why it's so important to read your Bible, what will happen to you in your life when you read your Bible. But the most important thing is, is to show you verse 16, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord. What's the book of the Lord? It's the Bible. And I'm telling you, when I say Bible, I'm not talking about any other version but the King James Bible. When I say Bible, I'm talking about the book of the Lord is the King James Bible for the English-speaking people, the Holy Bible. Seek you out of the book of the Lord. And what are you supposed to to seek out of it. You're supposed to seek and you're supposed to read. Amen. Read. And no one of these shall fail, none shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. What you will read in here will take place. What you will read in here will be truth. Jesus Christ said, Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word, thy word is truth. John 17, 17. So you know when you've got this Bible and you open it up, you're lucky it doesn't glow. You wouldn't be able to read it. This thing is the only holy thing you can pick up on this earth. It's these black and white words on here. And we were looking at this Wednesday night that this is a more sure word of prophecy. If God was to come down, and like he did, and Peter says, if God came down, and Peter said, I seen God, Jesus Christ, glorified. I, seen, I heard God from the heavens speaking to me. And Peter said, after all of that, we have a more sure word of prophecy. This is more reliable than if your eyes were to see Jesus Christ glorified or your ears were to hear God speak from heaven because you would convince yourself, no, I just was, I was having an acid trip or I, was, I shouldn't have been, I ate a little bit too much that day and my, my, my mind is playing tricks on me. Some of you atheists, they'll tell me, well, if God had just come talk to me, if God would say this and God, you wouldn't believe it. You, you just... Come up with some, some other excuse not to believe it. But when you got it written in black and white, and it's black and white, and it's prophecy, meaning that God's telling you what's going to happen before it happens, you cannot deny that. Amen. You can go, always go back to that. And, it's in, and we were talking about that this morning with another brother in Christ. And this, this morning we're talking about reading your Bible. And he just brought up, he said, every time you open it up, you find something new in it. It it's just right there. It, it comes alive. So I want to encourage you this morning. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. Amen. And read. The new year is a perfect 
time to start reading your Bible. Uh, if there's one thing that will happen in your life, before you, you know, so many people say, well, they left the church and they've gone out and they're living out in the world. Well, something happened way before that. What happened, what's the first thing that happens in a Christian's life when they start getting away from God is they stop reading the Bible. That's the first thing. They'll, stop, they'll get away from reading the Bible, and then eventually after they stop putting importance on reading the Bible, they'll stop praying. After they stop praying, they'll stop coming to church, and then you know what it all leads to there. But the point is, is that reading the Word of God, being associated with the Word of God, and, and getting yourself into the Word of God is so important to your Christian walk. I can't stress it enough that if you're not doing it, you need to start doing it. And now, this beginning of the new year is a perfect time to start a plan. And look at, the, look at Acts chapter 17, if you're with me, and look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Acts 17, verse 10. Do you want to be more noble? Don't you want to be, at the beginning of this year, don't you want to be a more noble Christian? You know, we're a child of a king. Amen. And we believe that as Christians, we're children of a king. We need to be starting to act like we're children of the king. That means we need to act like we're more noble. We need to be more noble. Look at verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These, the Bereans, verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why were they more noble? And that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Amen. They would open up their Bible daily and somebody would preach, maybe a preacher, they'd, whoever Paul was preaching, and they'd say, okay, I'm going to check the scripture to see if what they're saying is true, if that's really in the Bible. I'm going to find out for myself, guys, you need to have a readiness of mind to receive the word. In other words, you need to have an open mind, a ready mind. You need to approach the word of God looking for something from God. But you need to search the scriptures daily. Amen. Search the scriptures daily. Now, you just need to have a, read, a, reading, a daily Bible reading plan. It's just that simple. And uh, we try to, in this church, encourage you, if you visit this church, when you visit this church, we try to give out one of these charts. We have these different charts we give out. And basically, this is a Bible reading chart here. And what this chart does is it helps you to read through your Bible in a year. Go through a year, and it tells you what day, day one, January 1st, read Genesis 1 through 3, and it tells you exactly what to read. And that, that's a good plan to use, and we, we offer this. We've got this, this chart. We've got this new chart. I just printed up something different. If you want something different, this is a 52-week one. This is a, you go through the Bible in a year, and what you start on that day, and every day of the week is a new part of the Bible. Like uh, Sunday, you read the epistles. Monday, you read the law. Tuesday, you read history. Psalms, you read. Uh, Wednesday, you read Psalms. Thursday, you'd read poetry. Friday, you'd read prophecy. Saturday, you'd read the gospel. So every day of the week, you're getting some different part, different of the Bible. But you'll go through the whole Bible in a year if you follow this plan. You've got this book here. This is a book I used all last year. It's called The One-Year Bible. It's a King James Version, and it tells you what day. I, tomorrow, I'll be reading December 30th, right there. I've got my bookmark there, Malachi. I'm in Malachi chapter 1. And it tells you, it just gives you what to read, and you just read it. Guys, if you try to read through your Bible in a year, it's going to take you right about 15 minutes a day. Amen. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take about 15 minutes a day to read through your Bible. So don't come tell me you don't have the time. Amen. If I see you pull out your phone and start flipping through Facebook, <laughs> turning on the TV, can't you, don't you 
don't you know that we can find 15 minutes? I, I'll tell you what happened to me. I, I, I really believe if you're going to read your Bible, and you should be reading your Bible, I believe the best time to do it's in the morning. Amen. And I've shown this scripture where Jesus Christ always rose up early in the morning. And he'd do everything early in the morning. I mean, he, the disciples would show up to him early in the morning. He was going early in the morning to the temple and preaching. And if you got up late and come in there late, he has already left. He's already left. And if we believe in tithing, which I believe this church does, I don't preach a lot on tithing, but if you believe in tithing and giving, you're, you're giving tenth of what you have to the Lord, well, give the, we always do it off the top, amen? We don't like say, we don't, at least I don't get my, my check from, from, my, from my, my job, my city, and, and then say, okay, well, I'll pay all my bills and do all this, and whatever's left, if it's, I hope it's 10% because I'll give that to God. That's not how I do it. What I do is I say 10% off the top, and, that's, and then the rest of it's for bills and me uh, wasting money on, whatever. But the top. So if you're going to wake up in the morning, give him the first, the first top of the part of the day, the, the morning. That's the, best thing, that's the best way you can do it. Fifteen minutes. i tell you what happened to me as I was having trouble. I was, felt like I was rushed. And I was already getting up early in the morning for me, which is, you know, I, I don't like early morning, by the way. But if, if for me, I mean, I was getting up early in the morning. And I was still feeling rushed to get my breakfast cooked and to get everything done. And then uh, I said, you know what, forget this. I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier which made it up in the 4 o'clock in the morning area. Well, that's way, way early. <laughs> that's way, way, that's joker early. Joker gets up way, way early in the morning. So I decided I'm going to get up even 15 minutes early. Well, that pushed it from 5 in the morning to 4.45. And you know what? That made all the difference in the world. Just 15 minutes. That's all I needed. And now I have time. I don't feel rushed. I'm not rushing through things. I'm able to do everything I want to do. I want to read my Bible and eat my breakfast and do all the things I want to do. Because you know what's important to me doing that? That's important to me. Do you go to bed earlier? Yep. I do go to bed earlier. I don't stay up at late at night to see who all got killed and crashed and burned in the, in the news reports anymore. I go to bed a little earlier. But I'm better off because my day's better because I'm starting off with the Lord and having more time with the Lord. I realize, okay, I do my Bible reading, okay, then I'd start praying. Well, I realized I was starting to rush my prayers. Because I felt like I, I, I got to get going. I got, you know, and I started rushing my prayers. Well, at a time like this, the stuff that's going on in this church at the end of this year, I don't need to be rushing my prayers, amen? Y'all need some prayer. This church needs some prayer. There's people on our prayer list that need some prayer. I need to be spending time in prayer. And if I'm rushing through that, that's not, that's not God's fault. That's my fault. I need to be a better. This is called being disciplined. Amen. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, Disciple is discipline. In other words, you're going to have to be disciplined about stuff. You're going to have to cut some time out. And uh, I found out when you can, if you can get up early in the morning, you'll beat your wife up out of bed. You'll beat the, the dog won't even get up with you. You'll be amazed who won't get up with you early in the morning. <laughs> that nobody wants to mess with you early in the morning. You have all that quiet time between you and God. God will be there with you early in the morning. Uh, I choose early morning that. Now, most pastors and most people, and I do recommend trying to read through your Bible in a year, but... That's not what the Bible teaches. It don't say that, right? Read, read it with me. They search the Scriptures daily. So the only thing you really need to do is be in the Scriptures daily. Now, you might be a slow reader. And that's okay. That's probably better. Because I, I read so fast that I know I'm skimming stuff, not even realizing it. So if, if you don't feel like you're getting enough out of your Bible reading, then I want to encourage you to slow down. 
So if you're saying, I can't read through Genesis 1 through 3, I, I just, it's, I, 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 it just too much, when you slow down, say, I'm just going to read Genesis 1 today. There's nothing that says you have to read through the Bible in a year. But I'm telling you, if it takes you 15 minutes to read through Genesis 1 and to really get what's in there, then take 15 minutes to read Genesis 1 and then read Genesis 2 the next day. You say, well, I'm not going to get through in a year. The Bible doesn't say you have to get through in a year. I'm just saying, but most people can do 15 minutes and can comprehend what the Bible's saying in 15 minutes through, through that reading plan. Now, maybe you need to slow down and take 30 minutes to read Genesis 1 through 3. I'm telling you, right now, what I'm trying to preach to you is you need to put an importance on reading the Word of God Amen. and comprehending what you're reading and to search the Scriptures daily. Um, some people say it's difficult to read. It's difficult to read. Now, we, me and another brother were just talking this morning that uh, there, he was trying to read, and he, his eyes kept falling asleep. His eyes kept falling asleep, and he said, get behind me. I, he knew what was going on. It's his flesh. You're, you'll, you'll be so awake. You want a sleeping pill? Read your Bible at night. That's the best sleeping pill I can recommend. You say, I, I can't get any sleep, Pastor. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You just open up the Bible, start reading. You'll be amazed how your flesh will say, I don't want no part of this. And your flesh will just... You just conk you out. The, your flesh doesn't like this book. Your flesh hates this book. And when you open this book, you'd be amazed how your eyes will get kind of droopy and everything. That's why I can't read at night. That's why I can't read at night. It's not difficult to read. It's just different. It's different than anything else you're going to open up. Any news magazine, any newspaper, any, any, anything you read on the internet, or anything you see on TV, anything you read, any book you read, it's different than anything you're going to open up. I promise you that. Uh, this book is alive. And when you open it up, you're going to see it come alive. It's different. And some people say, well, the King James Bible is difficult. It's not difficult. It's different. And if you'll, if you'll get into reading the Bible, you'll notice that you'll get used to how the King James is written. It won't be so difficult to you. It's just different. And, that's, and, and what happens with us, we're so lazy and we're so looking for an excuse not to read that we'll use any excuse we can to get out of reading God's Word. Well, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, nobody understands it. Let me tell you something. Did I not just say that the Word of God is alive? Why did I say that? I said that because that's what God's Word says. It says in Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick. Quick is, a, is Old English word for alive. It's quick. It's moving. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. That's a lot in Hebrews 4.12. But that verse tells us that, it, that you're alive, that it is alive, that that Bible is alive. It's like a living organism. A lot like our other, a lot like something else that God created called the human body. And what you'll know about the human body when you get to talking to doctors, that human body is so complex that you have to have literally a doctor that spends all his time on feet. He's a foot doctor. He's a doctor that specializes on, the, on, on shoulders, on knees. Uh, th these doctors, the body is so complex that they have to spend their whole lifetime studying and focusing on certain parts of the body and still don't have it figured out. Amen? They still don't have it all figured out. Because it's God's design, and what, when it comes to God's design, you're not going to understand it all. You're just going to trust that it works and know that it works. So what I'm trying to tell you, yes, you're not going to understand everything out of this Bible. I don't understand everything out of this Bible. But what you'll find out is you'll understand a little more 
you'll start to understand a little bit more, and you'll start to understand how it works, but you don't, don't kid yourself. You're not going to get in here and figure it all out. Amen. But God will show you stuff. If you'll put the time in, study to show that self-approved, a workman that needeth not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you'll get in there and study and be diligent to reading and say, you know what, God, I want, please show me something. Pray. Say, open your Bible. Say, Lord, please show me something out of your word. I want to read your word. I respect it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then you start reading. You'll be amazed what God will show you. You know what you'll be amazed if you read? Just pick a chapter. Romans chapter 1. Read that three times in a row. Find out what happens. Just read it three times in a row. You know what you'll find out? There'll be something new pop out every time. It's so strange. It's so strange. You can't figure it all out. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, put an importance on reading the Word of God. Turn to, uh, turn to Matthew. Turn back to Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to show you some of this. If you want to follow along, I'm going to just show you some verses where Jesus Christ is talking about this stuff. Jesus Christ put an importance on reading. And He called them out for not reading. So I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ, when we get up into heaven, some of us are going to get called out for not doing enough reading of the Word of God. He's going to call us out. You know, you're going to come up there to, to, you can come up there to God up in heaven and you're going to say, well, I thought this and I thought that. I thought this and I thought that. And Jesus Christ is going to look at you and say, have you never read? Because that's exactly what he did to them down there, down on earth. Hey, look at this. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 3. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was a hungered and they that were with him? He's referring to the Old Testament. He said, Have you not read? They called him out on something and he said, Have you not read? Look at verse 5. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Now, we're not going to go into all the stuff he's talking about, but my point to you is that that's how he's correcting them. He's not saying, he doesn't say, you don't get it, you don't understand. He says, you haven't read it. Amen. See, if you'll read it, God will give it to you. I'm telling you, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's living in you, and if you'll read the Word of God, He will give you some stuff. Amen. He's not going to give it to you all at one time. You can't handle it. But he'll give it to you like a little child. He's going to feed you. He's going to grow you up. He's going to raise you up. But you've got to read it. And that's his point he's making. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 19. I'm going to show you a couple of these verses. 19. I'm going to show you Jesus Christ is getting on to them. Matthew chapter 19 verse 4. Notice over and over again. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. He didn't make two Steves. He made Adam and Eve. Have you not read? Have you not read? Have you not read? That answers a lot of questions that's going on in the world today. If you just read the Bible. I've actually had a Christian come up to me and he's an old Christian. Been a Christian for 40 years. Probably 30, 40 years my senior say, I don't believe the Bible speaks bad against homosexuality. This guy's in church every Sunday morning. You know what, you know what his problem was? He hasn't read it. Amen. You know why you don't believe the Bible does? Because you haven't read it. And you know what I did? I went home. I gathered all the verses for him to read. I gave them to him. He went home and read it. And you know what he came back and told me the next uh, couple of days later? You're right. It does say again. It does speak against it. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to believe it. 
I'm not telling you you've got to believe it or I'll kill you. Or I'm telling you that's what it says. Have you not read? And that's what Jesus admonishes them over and over for. He says they're, they're attacking about some doctrine. He says, have you never read? Have you never read? Look at chapter 21. Chapter 21, verse 16. Chapter 21, verse 16. Yeah, they're, they're questioning the authority of Jesus Christ, and he's coming in the temple, and the, the kids are all, the children are in the temple, and they're crying, Hosanna to the Son of David. And, and the, the priests, they don't like that. They don't like Jesus Christ getting glory. That's when you can, you can always tell them, you can always pick them out, because they don't like Jesus Christ getting the glory. They don't like that. And when they start correcting Jesus Christ, he says in verse 16, and he said unto them, Here's thou what they said unto him, Here's thou what thee saith, what thee say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Amen. Amen. It's the children know how to praise God. It's the children know how to praise God. Have you never read it? See, when they, when they attack him, when they try to uh, uh, go after him about what he believes, he always says, have you never read? If you had somebody from a different denomination, maybe from a different, from a cult, Jehovah's Witness, from the Mormons, if you had somebody from a cult come in and attack you and say, why do you believe that? Why do you teach that? Why do you think Jesus Christ is, you're saved by faith? What, what, what verse would you have? Could you say, well, have you never read Romans chapter 4? Have you never read John chapter 3? Could you say that? Or would you be just kind of... Uh, see the importance of reading the Word of God? You need to know what you believe. Amen. You need to be able to say like Jesus Christ, have you never read? And quote the Scripture. Amen. Have you never read? Look, I'm going to show you one more. Chapter 22. Matthew 22. See, this is on and on and on. This isn't just one occurrence where Jesus tries to straighten them out. He goes on and on about this. You're not reading. You're not reading. You're not reading. We need to read, we need to read, we need to read. Matthew 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, that's an error, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Calls them out for not knowing the Scriptures. You're in error, you don't know the Scriptures. How do you get to know the Scriptures? By reading them. It's not coming every Sunday morning. You know, I can't give you enough for two hours on a Sunday morning. I can't. I mean, it's just not humanly possible. Brothers and sisters, you've got a responsibility in your Christian walk to train up yourself in the Word of God. Amen. Now, if you need help or you want to call me and we can talk, I'd love to do that. But my point is, you need to get into the Scriptures and you need to read them. And you need to search them out daily. They were more noble in Acts 17. The Bereans were more noble because they searched the Scriptures daily. Jesus is all the time correcting them. I'll go down to verse 31. Because, okay, verse 30, look at verse 30, get the context. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Because they're talking about marriage and who, who's going to be whose wife and husband up in heaven. Verse 31, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which, that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Amen. See, Jesus is showing you something very, very important about your reading. About your reading. Get that? See what he's showing you? See, they say, we don't believe in the resurrection. They, they didn't believe in a resurrection. That's why they were calling him out, asking him these dumb questions that he was answering. He says, you're in error. You don't know the scriptures. <clears throat> and secondly, have you not read 
what God spoke to you in verse 32. What, what did God say? <coughs> verse 32. I am the God of Abraham. He's pointing out very, something very, very important that you need to know. When you're reading your Bible, you need to pay attention to every single word. God didn't say, I was the God of Abraham. See that? That's why they're astonished at his doctrine. Jesus Christ says, he didn't say, I was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. I am. Amen. God is talking about Abraham like he's still alive, like he's alive right now. Let's go to Psalms. Psalms 119. I think my wife are getting me water up here. Sometimes I get, I'm dealing with something in my chest and some kind of allergies or something. And my throat gets all dry. And I appreciate my sweet wife getting me water up here. It's like living water right now. Whew. Look at Psalm 119. Look at verse 106. 105, pardon me. <clears throat> Psalm 119, 105. And we're going we're gonna to stay here in Psalms. Psalms 119, 105. Why read the scriptures daily? Now I'm going to show you quickly, best of my ability, why you should be reading the scriptures. What it'll do for you. Okay, this is, I, I think I've encouraged you enough to read it, but if I read it, what's it going to do for me? Well, this is what it'll do for you. Verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Most people know that verse. But do you realize what that verse is saying? That verse is saying that the word of God, thy word, the word of God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's a lamp and a light in a dark world. We're living in a dark world. We're living in a world that's full of darkness. And you're not going to be able to see your way. You're not going to be able to see which way to go unless you have the word of God. Unless you have the word of God lighting your way, you're not going to be able to say which, see which way to go. So that word of God, when you're opening this word of God, it's going to show you the right, the right way. What I love about the Word of God is it tells you sometimes the wrong ways. That's as important as going the right way. Amen? Amen. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are death. It gives you lots and lots of warnings. But that, that Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to know what way to take in your life? You've got to have the Word of God open. Amen. And it'll show you. It'll show you where you're going wrong. See, that's what you need. See, you're going to be really rude and crude to somebody at work, and you're going to feel so good about yourself, and then the next morning you get up and read the Bible, and the Bible is going to straighten you out. And if you don't read your Bible, you're going to go back to work, and your friend's going to say, <laughs> you really gave it to them yesterday. Yeah, man, I like the way that, yeah, just keep on, keep on, keep it on, man. Yeah, I like that. And you're going to say, ah, I, I shouldn't have done that, man. I, I've had to, I had to repent to God about what I said there. Guys, you think you're living holy? You're not living holy. You don't realize how unholy you're living until you get into the Word of God. Amen. You think, you, you're, you're comparing your holiness to the people in this world. And they're as filthy as you can get right now. Amen. And you're thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not too bad. You get into this Bible, you'll find out how bad you are. Amen. It'll straighten you out. It'll, it'll grow you. It'll help raise you. Turn to uh, uh, Psalm 119. Look at verse 9. Look back at verse 9. Now, this whole chapter of 119 is all about the Word of God. It's really, really good. I encourage you to read it. Of course, if you go through a daily Bible reading, you will get to it eventually. But Psalm 119 is a wonderful uh, chapter, the longest chapter of the Bible, and the whole chapter is about the Word of God and what it will do for you. But I want to focus on just these couple of verses here in chapter 9. I mean, uh, verse 9, pardon me, in verse 9. And I want to show you what the Bible says in just a few verses, what reading the Bible will do for you. Look at verse 9. <laughs> wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. When you read the word of God, it's going to cleanse you from sin. 
Yes. When you're reading the Word of God, it's going to cleanse you from sin. The only holy thing you can get a hold of is this Bible. So if you open this Bible and you're reading this Bible, those words are cleansing you and washing you. Look, look at verse 9 again. I mean, I get this, I'm getting resistance about this. I didn't think I would get this resistance about this. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How are you going to cleanse your way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. You get the word of God, you start <clears throat> you reading it, you're taking it, for, you're taking it serious, right? Well, you're reading it, you're taking it serious, it's going to cleanse you. It's going to show you you don't go that way, you go this way. Look at verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. What the Word of God will do for you when you're reading it daily, it will help you not to be half-hearted. See that? With my whole heart. If you're not reading the Word of God, you'll get half-hearted about things. Well, I don't know if that's really that bad. I don't know if God really feels that way. I don't know if really, no, you'll not be that. I promise you. When you get into the Word of God and you see how God feels about sin, you won't be half-hearted about sin anymore. You'll be whole-hearted. You'll say, you know what? I know God not only doesn't like that, God hates that. Well, how do you know that? Because I read it this morning. He said, I hate this. He used those words, hate. People don't realize what's even in the Bible. They have no clue what God says about something. It won't let you be half-hearted. And look, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. It'll keep you from wandering off. What's important about reading your Bible daily is it lets you know who you are every day. You're a Christian. And what you take important is this right here. You don't take important your, your phone or what's going on in Facebook or what the weather's going to do. You don't take that stuff important. What's the most important thing to you is what has God's Word got for me this morning? Amen. I can't stress to you enough that you need to be reading your Bible daily. Jesus Christ admonished them about not reading it. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This might be the most important thing other than cleansing you from sin. This might be the most important thing that reading your Bible daily will do for you. It will help you defend yourself from sin. It will help you fight off sin. And had thy word have I hid in my heart. That's memorization. You're memorizing it. And the best way to memorize something and be familiar with it is to read it. And to read it. So, what do you, you read the whole Bible last year, Brother Keegan? Yes, I did. What are you going to do this year? Read it again. Because <laughs> I'm not familiar. I'll never be familiar enough with it. I, I want to keep reading it and reading it so this stuff will be, I'll be so familiar I can just quote it out. Because you've got to fight against the devil. You've got to fight against yourself. You've got to fight against that temptation. And the way to do it is with the Word of God. Amen. Going back to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ starts his ministry, wanders off in the wilderness. Guess who shows up? Here comes Satan. Matthew chapter 4, Satan shows up. And, and Satan says, to, and I'll just read it to you. Matthew chapter 4, I'd rather read it to you than try to paraphrase it. But Satan shows up, and Satan shows up, and he says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Because Jesus Christ had been fasting, and Jesus Christ was hungry, and he says, Hey, Satan says, If you're the Son of God, you can make those stones bread. Well, how did Jesus Christ defend himself? The Bible says exactly how he defended himself. But Jesus answered and said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. He uses the word of God to defend himself. But see, you've got to have it read and memorized to be able to do that. Satan's not going to give you an opportunity to say, Oh, well, let, me, let me run and get my concordance and look it up and get my Bible back out. No, God, Satan's not going to give you that, that chance. 
You're already done for. You're done. You're, you're done. You're finished. Finisto. You need to know it right then Amen. when you're tempted. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him up on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. What did the devil do there? The devil said, okay. The devil takes him, puts him on top of the temple and says, okay, the Bible says, the Bible says, Satan did this. Satan says, the Bible says if you jump off that God will take care of you and won't let your, phone, you won't let your foot dash on those stones down there. The devil's quoting scripture at him. So you not only need to read it and memorize it, you need to study it. You need to understand it. Through the Holy Spirit, you say, Lord, I don't understand. Please, Lord, give me some understanding on this. And what does Jesus say? It is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He uses scripture against Satan's scripture. You don't, know the, you don't think the Jehovah's Witness have scripture to use against you? You don't think the Mormons have scripture to use against you? You don't think the devil doesn't have scripture to use against you? Brothers and sisters, you need to be reading this Bible. You need to know your book to defend yourself. What's so disheartening to me is the majority of the Jehovah's Witnesses I deal with, most of them are ex-Baptist. Oh, I used to be a Baptist, but now I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I'm like, man, you look like an idiot. I, and I got her so mad at me, she sent the bigwigs over there, both the bigwigs from the big Jehovah's Witness cult or whatever. Because I heard you've been talking to Sister So-and-So. I said, yeah, I heard. The point was, she was crazy. She'd gotten away from the truth. And she didn't know that she didn't have the scriptures. And somebody came in, Satan came in and lured her away with his own scriptures. Amen. He said, Come on over here. Down, down to a primrose path of hell, you got to know the scriptures. You've got to know them to quote them. Amen. Jesus is took up by the devil to a seating high mountain, showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, the glory of them. And he said to him, All these things I, I will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan says, I'll give you all this if you just fall down and worship me. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Three times Satan is tempts Jesus Christ, three times Jesus Christ quotes Scripture. Now, brothers and sisters, that's Matthew chapter 4. You want to go home and read it. Jesus Christ didn't argue with the devil. Jesus Christ didn't get into some big, long discussion and, you know, let's debate it. Let's, let's go into some debate. He just used Scripture, and that's it, and he gave the Word of God, and Satan had no answer. had to back off. Satan came again. He pulls out that two-edged sword, and he said, yeah, and he cuts him right there, and Satan just jumps back, and then Satan comes in one more time, and what does Jesus do? He pulls out that sword one more time and stabs him. It is written. It is written. It is written. That is your weapon. This word right here is your weapon. If you're going to, you're going to do anything for Christ, you've got to have the Word of God. Amen. You're wasting your time. Verse 12 of Psalm 119. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. When you read the Bible daily, He's going to teach you some things. Amen. He'll teach you some things. I, some things I can't teach you. Do you know there's some things that you need to learn that I don't know you need to learn, but the Holy Spirit knows it? Yeah, see, there's some things. You know, I, I teach stuff in Sunday school, and you know, but... I teach this stuff, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. And when you get into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will say, Yeah, I know this, but this, this isn't for your husband. This isn't for your wife or kids or anybody else. This is for you. And He'll give you a verse. And you'll find this out because you'll say, That's an amazing verse. And you'll run and tell somebody, Look what it says right here. And you'll read it to them and they'll look at you like this. Yeah, what about it? 
And you're like, that's amazing, man. That's, look at God's word right there. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Trust me, it's happened to me many times. It's going to happen to you if you read the word of God because it's between you and God. Amen. And my poor wife's done that to me. Come in there like, I was reading this and that and another. And I'm like, oh, yeah, huh? Mm. You just roll my eyes. Like, what, 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 what's the big deal about that? It's between her and God. Okay, he's going to teach you some things. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. If you want to do something interesting, if you're, if you, if you're reading your Bible, and you say, well, I've been reading my Bible for years and years, Pastor. Well, let me give you something interesting you can try. Take this verse and take the advice of this verse 13 and read it out loud. Instead of just reading it, read it out loud. When you read it out loud, you're involving three gates to your soul. You're involving your mouth gate by reading it. You're involving your ear gate by hearing it. And you're involving your eye gate by seeing it. So you got three gates that are, that are involved when you read out loud the Word of God. You'll get three gates involved where you only have a couple, one there with your eyes reading it. You can hear it and you can speak it and then your eyes can read it. You'll have three gates involved when you're reading it out loud. But let me give you a warning about doing that. The warning is this, it's going to take you a long time to do it that way. It, takes, it, it slows you down a lot. I, I, me and a sister last year were talking about that, and, she, and I said, are you going to do that? She's like, yeah, I'm going to do that, Pastor. And uh, she didn't last long. She didn't last long. She said, that takes too long. I'm like, I know, man, it does take. It's, it is a challenge to read it out loud. But it's something to do, and you're involving three gates. Maybe if you need some help, if you say, I'm not a strong reader, Pastor, well, good. Get you the Bible on audio. You can, you can down, I know Joker's got it on his phone. I hear it all the time. You can get it on, on your phone or whatever and, and have it read to you and you read along. Like those old child books, you know, read-alongs. You can do that. You're hearing it. You're reading it. That's, that's, not, that's two gates right there. So there, there's different ways you can do this if you're having trouble with it. But the Bible says there, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. There's something powerful in just speaking the word of God. There's something power, some power in that. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. You'll rejoice over this and this Bible will be more precious to you than anything else you own. That's what that verse tells you right there. This Bible will be more precious to you than anything else you own. You'll be like those old-timers that when the house starts catches on fire, they run out with their Bible. That's the only thing they run out with. Those are the good old days. Now everybody's run out with their cell phones. They're, they got to run out. Everybody's got a dog, amen. Everybody nowadays has a dog. Got to run out with a little Fifi in one arm and the cell phone in another and all the tablets. And they don't even know where the Bible's at. It's up on the, you know, collecting dust anyway. It'll be the most precious thing that you own. I rejoice in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. When you read the word of God daily, what happens is you start meditating on it. And what I mean by this is you'll read and you'll read something and you'll be at work later on that day. And like for me, I'll be operating something, doing something. And then that, that, that I was reading this morning will come to mind. And you'll, you'll start thinking about it. You ever watch a good movie and then for days or a couple of days you'll be thinking about that movie? Well, this is what will happen with the Word of God. You'll be thinking about, but you'll be thinking about the Word of God. See how important that is? You'll be meditating on it like, well, that's, that's interesting. That's what happens when you read the Bible daily. Now, in closing, I want to say verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. Reading your Bible daily will help you not forget it. Because we can get forgetful. Sometimes we can forget 
Say, oh, I, I, there's something that I'd never forget. You'd be surprised what you'll forget about this Bible. And it'll be other Christians that will say something to me, and they'll, like, they'll quote a verse to me, and I'll look at them and think, man, I need to preach that. Why have I not preached that yet? Just quote a verse. And I know the verse really well, but I've forgotten it. I've forgotten it. If you'll read your Bible daily, it'll help you not to forget all of God's promises. That's it. It'll help you not forget all, your, all, your, all God's promises. I've had a Christian recently that called me up and said, I'm doubting my salvation. And I said, you're not reading your Bible. That's it. I, don't, I tell you what, you're not reading your Bible and the devil's attacking you. If you read your Bible, you'll, you'll doubt your salva- you won't doubt your salvation hardly at all. Because you'll see all of God's promises in here. You'll read through them. You'll read through them. They're all in there. But you can't remember them if you're not reading them. And our minds, trust me, our minds, they don't, want to, they don't want to hold Scripture. We can remember some dirty song we learned back in junior high, but we can't remember what the Word of God says. That's just the way our minds work, because it's evil. Our mind is wicked. You're, you're, what dwelleth in you dwelleth no good things, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible says. What dwelleth in me dwelleth no good thing. <laughs> Not talking about Jesus Christ, talking about me, what's in me. Keegan Hall is no good. And it needs to read this Bible to help it straighten it out. It's like a ruler. Get up in the morning, my, my flesh wants to do this, that, and other, and God with that little ruler just slapped me on the head. No, 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 you're not going to be doing that today. You're not, not, don't be thinking that way. And I appreciate him being that way because I need direction. I need instruction. I'm like an old mule, just stubborn-headed. And you're going to get that if you read the Word of God. Everything we know about Jesus Christ, we know because of this book right here. You realize that? Everything we trust about Jesus Christ is because of what we read in this book right here. Everything that you love about Jesus Christ is because of what was written in this book. I can't encourage you enough to read it and to read it daily. And it's the beginning of the year. Coming Wednesday, we're giving you all the opportunities. You can take any of these charts and take them and use them. You can go on the Internet. There's plenty of of ways to do it. But I I encourage you to find a plan. Get a plan together. You've got a couple of days until Wednesday. Find a plan. Decide what plan you're going to do. And stick with it. New Year's resolution. Don't, don't treat it like a diet. Don't do it for a month and give up. A New Year's resolution. Not that you're going to exercise more. That you're going to walk more. You're going to eat better. Guys, do something that's really going to help you. And say, I'm going to do this 15 minutes a day. In the beginning of the morning. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it all year long. And I'm going to try to make a covenant with God. That I'll get up and do that. Because why? Because I love him. And that pastor don't have to tell me all the good stuff about reading the Bible. I already know that. So I'm going to do it. And I can't encourage you enough just to get off uh, the excuses and get to reading the Word of God. Because we don't want to get up to heaven and Jesus Christ look at us and say, Have you never read? Why didn't you read it? Why didn't you read it? Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him